It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together... We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. Friday. East Coast Bias, Raheem Palmer, Joe House, John G. Stremsky getting ready for day two of the Sweet 16. We'll have regional finals on Saturday and Sunday. And the madness was real and spectacular, fellas, on Thursday. You had two outstanding basketball games. And House, two 50-50 games. Even though I had the Owls of Florida Atlantic, which I'm very proud of. Great pick. Rick Barnes continues to be a loser in the NCAA tournament. However, the two 50-50 games that could have gone either way, I'm on the wrong side of both with Michigan State and UCLA. So uh, take that for what it's worth. You didn't have big exposure, though, right? I mean, it's not like you, you you couldn't plow into either side in either one of those games because those games were genuinely, they played out like to, to script. We were, we're so lucky to have that Gonzaga-UCLA repeat. I mean, uh, and, and Michigan State-Kansas State over-delivered as well. What a great bookend to the night. Yeah, that was a really exciting game. I mean, like, honestly, UCLA was very frustrating because the point guard who looked like a member of Farside couldn't do anything. I mean, they couldn't <laughs> score for <laughs> 10 minutes. Talk, you're talking about Tiger. Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I think about not having the size down low to deal with Timmy. Timmy, by the way, who's been in school for 10 zillion years and played out of his freaking mind and absolutely destroyed UCLA. But when that's a 10-point Gonzaga game, I'm like, all right, Gonzaga, easy. Gonzaga couldn't handle a press. Gonzaga could not hit a free throw. And House, think about their last three tournament games. Adam Morrison in 2006, crying on the court. Jordan Farmar, uh, Aflalo, that whole UCLA team with Gus going crazy. 
couple of years ago. It, it was Jalen Suggs hitting the walk-off shot in 2021. And now this year, you had the kid from Vegas hitting that shot from half court. But you know what bothered me about that? UCLA is getting all this pressure. First of all, how are you not pressuring the inbound there? Like, make them go full court. They're not handling the ball. Like, I, I, I couldn't understand with all the chaos. And I know Few and Gonzaga had a timeout. But Cronin calling a timeout, I hated it. And then they're not pressuring the ball. And Gonzaga gets, I know it was a bomb look, but they were able to settle down and get a really good look. I, I couldn't agree more. I wondered the exact same thing. I'm sitting in the moment. I just watched UCA rally back from an imp impossible, like inside of two minutes in college basketball, if either team is up by five, those games tend to be over. Like I wrote off that loss on, on, on uh, UCLA's benefit. And, and for the reasons you just described, the pressure, the, uh, the, the free throw shooting, the misses by Gonzaga, they, will, they let uh, UCLA come right back into the game. And that's the last game, uh, a last possession, game-winning possession. And they let dude stroll up the half court. The clock <laughs> barely is not even clicking because he didn't have to pick up the ball. And then they ran the damn play that Villanova ran against your uh, North Carolina in the national championship a couple of years ago. That's a good play. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things to where, like, in the modern basketball game, you almost, you have to defend all the way up the court because once you cross over half court, I mean, it's a makeable shot. I mean, this got pulled up from the March Madness logo. And I mean, look, you don't expect a guy to do that at all, especially, you know, down one or two points. You expect him to drive to the basket. But I mean, yeah, you you got to defend. You got to put some pressure on the ball, make them work to get up the court, use some of that clock. And, you know, they didn't do that. So, so you had that finish, which was insane. And then you had the game at Madison Square Garden between Michigan State and Kansas State. And Raheem, that to me was the most well-played NCAA tournament game that we've had in, in this run over the last few weeks. You had guys hitting haymaker shots. You had lead changes galore. Michigan State tied it late. But let's be honest, if they hit a free throw at the end of the game, we might have been talking about Michigan State walking it off in regulation as opposed to Michigan State losing that game in overtime. But New York City, hey, listen, we know a thing about guys from New York City. They're tough. They're loud. They got a little chutzpah to them. Novell, my goodness, that little man, House, we, we like that little dude, man. He's got balls of steel. My, my kid was on and said, where's he going in the draft? I said, you know, I don't know if he's on the board, but man, he's he's making his mark. He's in everybody's in the national consciousness tonight. Right, Dream? Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> but could, could it kill Michigan State, by the way, at the end of the game to get a shot off? I mean, they had two guys pass up wide open looks, and you know Kansas State's going to foul it. Shoot yeah. the ball. Yeah, I, we didn't like that. Uh, it bothers me. I'm they, salty because I lost both of those games. I'm well, they, not they, ran, they ran good offense. Both teams, the point you made is the right point. I very much love teams that are running play, running sets. I don't, they're not at the, at the end of games. Rather, you know, they're, those coaches were so good. They put the kids in the position of like familiarity. They're not like, okay, we're going to run ISO, end of game ISO stuff like the NBA, which drives me absolutely bananas. And they ran their stuff and they got good looks and they got the shots that they, they wanted. Michigan State ran an offense which just produced two good looks and the, the kids, you know, they're kids. So I can't, I can't get mad at them, JJ. They should have. Well, you, you wouldn't have to tell me to pull the trigger, buddy. I hey. would have pulled it both times. 
they got that NIL money coming in now. So I feel a little bit better <laughs> hurting on them a little bit because, you know what, it's not just all oh, these student-athletes. These student-athletes that are getting a little cut, too. So uh, I- I'm going to vent my frustrations. One thing, guys, before we look ahead to these games on Friday, Raheem, save this. How save this? Next year when we do NCAA tournament stuff, mm-hmm. Rick Barnes, Tennessee head coach in the NCAA tournament, Raheem House, is 9 and 21 against the spread. And it's three and eight against the spread with the Tennessee Volunteers. Long story short, he don't win in the tournament. Save that. Remember that. When in doubt, you're going to make money off it in profit house. Nine and 21 against the spread. I mean, you got you to gotta try to be that bad in the tournament, dude. Nobody forgets it. Everybody knows that about Rick Barnes. It's the reason that I felt more comfortable with Duke o- over the weekend. But, you know, that, that that game that we watched over the weekend was was a group of men against a group of boys. And then and then we caught ourselves. I said it on Tuesday. I said, oh, man, we're staring right into the mouth of a Rick Barnes death trap here with this Thursday night game. And, and lo and behold, I mean, Tennessee just flat out could not score the basketball. Talk about guys that looked hesitant every single. It was a hot potato offense and nobody wanted to grab the ball and go to the take that rock to the hole. Every single time somebody caught the ball as they move it around, there's a tiny bit of hesitation. Bam, that, that FAU defense was on them, and they just, just couldn't do anything. I mean, the, the true play of that game, and I, I can't recall whether we discussed it thoroughly or not, but it was my biggest cash last night was the under in that nice. game. The number was like 131 and a half. That set up, you know, because of the way that we know that Tennessee had to play, um, it set up great. So that was one cash for me. Yeah, honestly, it just felt like, you know, they were missing their point guard last night. Um, like when you're missing Zaka. Yeah, it just they they couldn't get anything easy for, you know, about 10 minutes. It was like, I mean, them and UCLA were like two peas in a pond in terms of just not being able to score in the second half because you watched the first half of that game, it felt like they were gonna just make easy work of it. And then they just could not score at all. And, you know, basketball is one of those games to where if you're not scoring at one end, it's just it's just tough to, to stop the opposing team. So, you know, it's just a really tough game for Tennessee. <laughs> Tell you this, Duke watching that game must have been absolutely sick to their stomach, especially with the way this region has kind of broken a certain way. Kansas State and Florida Atlantic are one win away from the Final Four. If you had that in your bracket, if you had Kansas State or Florida Atlantic to go on a deep NCAA tournament run, well, more power to you. All right, we'll come back, pick these games on Friday. It's coming up next. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash gamblers and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. And for Saturday in the Elite Eight, going one favorite, going one dog, UConn. Can't pick against them the way they're playing right now. Like them to beat Gonzaga, and I like the Owls of Florida Atlantic to get to the Final Four. I think they take down Kansas State. So don't miss your shot at no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash gamblers to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 
21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued. It's non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler. Call 1 877 8 Hope NY. Text Hope NY 467 in New York. Call 100 Gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash Connecticut, 109 within Indiana, 1-800-522-4700. Or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. So we will have a same game parlay that you can find on the FanDuel Sportsbook website. We'll be in the lab trying to figure out what we are going to do uh, for these Friday NCAA tournament games. Raheem, I'll ask you this right out of the gate. Two one seeds, two favorites that are left. You got Houston taking on Miami. You have Bama taking on the Aztecs of San Diego State. Who's more vulnerable tonight? Houston, Bama. I'm going to say Bama. Um, I, I'm probably going back on what I said before, but I just think San Diego State, you know, they're, they're first in defensive efficiency since February. You know, they say defense wins championships. And I, I think they should be able to slow them down. Um, honestly, I think both of these dogs are live to get the cover. Um, obviously, they do say in the NCAA tournament, you should either take the dog to probably win outright. But I just, I think these could be closer games that, you know, can, that can get inside the number. But I'm going to say the Aztecs are, are, are probably most live to get the win. House? Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue... Um, with Dream, it's interesting. Both of these numbers, I think, right this second on FanDuel are seven and a half. The one seeds yes. are favored by seven and a half. Feels like it's the NFL season with a seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. I, I I have an East Coast bias, so my inclination is is Miami as the team with the better look. But that's just because you know I'm an ACC guy. I know Jim Laranega. I've been so impressed with the Miami uh, uh, guard play. They control the hell. Out of the uh, Indiana perimeter uh, guys, they they just shut down the guards. Um, but I certainly that the you know this is a the NCAA tournament. We said this coming in. Styles make fights, and San Diego State matches up very well stylistically with Alabama. Alabama super efficient, wants to score from three, wants to score at the rim, and San Diego State wants to grind out possessions, wants to slow it down, and and guards the the hell out of the three point line. So. I understand where Dream's coming from. Uh, I'm con- I'm just confessing my bias in terms of of Miami, um, and and that yeah, I would go in that direction. Um, especially watching Houston get down by double digits to Auburn, they turned it around, showed their depth, and and took care of business against Auburn. Um, but uh, my my slight inclination in terms of a dog between those games would be Miami. I feel dirty going against the U because they were good to me in the first two rounds. They have guard play. They have a coach that's one in March in Laranega. But to me, guys, I think San Diego State is more alive in the game. I don't think Miami has the size to deal with Houston. I think Houston's going to kind of beat the crap out of them. And, you know, like you saw yesterday with UConn getting second and third opportunities, just 
killing Arkansas in that way, I think you could see Houston doing that. And listen, San Diego State is a quality defensive team. Raheem mentioned the metrics. I think they're more live in the game for what it's worth. So two interesting games there as far as the one seeds are concerned. Uh, House, I know you're a sucker for storyline. Any interest tonight in the Princeton Tigers getting double digits uh, against Creighton? No, sir. I see a repeat of what we what we watched last night with Connecticut and, and Arkansas, where a team um, just comes in and, and swamps the uh, a competitor that that just can't meet them um, at a skill level or athletic level. I couldn't admire more what Princeton has accomplished, but this is a different class altogether, class of basketball team. It will be as though they played two games. They know what those games felt like. They say we played in the tournament. Now they're going to go play against a team that they haven't seen the likes of. And they, 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 you can't imagine the size, the speed, the athleticism until you're in it. And then, and then they just run you off. Creighton, we hit this already top 25 offense and defense in the Kempoms. Like this is the profile. It's the Creightons. It's the Yukons where those teams are built for tournament success in a one and done contest. I like um, Creighton right here. They have five guys that can drop 25 on you in, in a heartbeat. Nemhard and, and Cal, I'm going to try and say his name. Cal Kenner. I, I'm, I'm not going to try and say his name, but those dudes, you know, I just think that they're going to have their way. I don't have any problem laying the double digit um, points. I don't either. I think they're going to absolutely kill him, Raheem. I think Creighton wins Bajud victory game. I don't have much of an opinion on this. I, um, you know, I'm an Ivy Leaguer, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna root for Princeton to, to kind of get it done. Even though I do oh, wish it you was Ivy Leaguers, honestly, honestly, you Ivy Leaguers stick together. I yeah. don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, before we get to these games Saturday, Raheem Xavier, Texas, very small line, two similar styles. Kind of feel like they're baiting you a little bit to go and take the favorite. I like Xavier here. I think Xavier, after having their scare in the first round, you saw what they looked like against Pittsburgh. That was a wire-to-wire dominant performance. I scooped four and a half in this game. I think they're alive not only to cover the number, I think they're alive to win the game outright. A lot of liability in the futures market for people with Texas to win the title. I know a lot of people pick Texas to go to the Final Four. I think they're ripe for the picking here. How do you feel about Xavier plus four and a half? I'm going with Texas. Um, I think, you know, Texas is top 20 in um, offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, Xavier, the top 10 in offense, but they're 73rd in defense. And, you know, like to me, it's just like, if you look at what Texas has been doing defensively, um, you know, like they, they've been defending the three quite well. Um, I think opponents are only shooting 33 of 122. That's 27%. So um, I'm going to go with Texas. I, I just I just think they're the better team here. Um I'm a later. I would later four points, honestly. All right, well, heads up, house break the tie. I'm not gonna. I like the over in this game. I'm. I like a different angle altogether. I like the total. The total's one forty eight and a half. Um, unders have been the prevailing dynamic in this NCAA tournament. And for another day, I'll I'll, I'll let somebody from the journalistic community on the at at the ringer document for us why it is that they changed the ball and, and, you know, went to these crazy tight rims for the, for this dumb tournament. And we had the, the most number of wedgies and an unprecedented number of wedgies, uh, in, in, we like in wedgies though. It's good for raftery. It's good for the soul. I, I, is it? 
I mean, yes. it's a joke. Some of those were, were, were like the ball bounced straight the up. The one at off the top of, a, of the basket was the most ridiculous one. Did you well, see that one? That one we, literally was, it wasn't even a wedgie. <laughs> it literally just stayed at the top, not in the rim, not in the basket, but on top of the basket. What house. are we doing? Like, yeah, let, let, let's, let's, let's change, you know, the, the tools of the game uh, for, for the national stage. The other thing, and I'll stop my rant in a, in a, in a half a heartbeat, I promise. You can't walk into the national moment that this tournament enjoys on CBS, everybody's attention, you own March, and 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 put out this poverty officiating with this with, with their terrible, unbelievably bad review process. Like, if you really think that this product deserves the whatever the investment is, what is a billion dollars a year that CBS is paying, and they have dudes going to the sideline to check every goddamn call inside the last two minutes, and they there isn't somebody from in another place chiming in and saying, look, let's get to this. Let's go. Let's go. Somebody, a neutral observer, giving them information. They have a guy sitting sideline, and the two refs come over, and there's a... 20-minute conversation for every stoppage. Possession, fouls, all of it. I, I just, anyway, I'll, I'll stop my rant. But look, man, you get on the national stage, your product better be on point. Get it together, NCAA. That's all. Um, I love I, it. I like the over. <laughs> Xavier can't defend. These teams want to run and Xavier's the can't can't defend. So I'm on, on the over. I love when I could get house going. All right, we got some NBA to get to I mean, to do you disagree? Weekend. I don't. No, I don't. That's why I'm not fighting you on it, but I'm letting you have your moment to shine. Uh, we have not only plays for Saturday, we have some NBA thoughts. Uh, there was a cover the other night that I'm still kind of like perplexed by. And the cockroaches, there is a certain element of cockroaches. There's an NBA team that's kind of fitting that description. That's just like, you can't get rid of them. They're like parasites. All right, we'll discuss. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. All right. Remember, we'll have that same game parlay on FanDuel Sportsbook for the Sweet 16 games on Friday night. House, we got two games Saturday. Let's start with the juicier game. UConn-Gonzaga. UConn looked dominant. UConn looks like a team that could win a national championship. Gonzaga coming off that, that moment. I mean, that's a moment. No doubt about it for them on Thursday night. All my basketball instincts say, though, UConn is the better team. That's what it boils down to. I think they're more athletic. I, I, I think their presence defensively is going to disrupt Gonzaga. I, I'm not going against UConn here. No way, no how. I think they go to the Final Four. Uh, it might be a little chalky. It might be a little square. I don't care. I'm on UConn. Your thoughts? You you beat me to it. See, I was going to concede that I have a square bias in this game. I mean, you know. Left hand up, I, I'm a square, right? So uh, I see, I see this this team. Gonzaga handled their business from the. I mean, uh, UConn handled their business from beginning to end. The game was never in, in doubt. They showed us their depth, the psychological aspect of not having to break a sweat, not really having any moments where things were 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 a clinch. 
put you in a great position energy-wise. You know, these turn the turnaround between these games is pretty quick, uh, as opposed to going from the weekend into the the weekday. Now we're now we're firing. I like the team that's balanced on both sides. Super square pick. I'm on your. I'm on. I'm on on board with you with with UConn, uh, JJ. Raheem, three for three. Yeah, I think I'm gonna roll with you guys there, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> All right, so that makes it three for three, and then you have. Florida Atlantic and Kansas State. And by the way, guys, in case you're wondering on Kempom, Raheem, Florida Atlantic is minus one on Kempom. Yet the odds makers, because of the seeds and maybe some of the biases when it comes to these two particular programs, they have this line out of whack a little bit because they have Kansas State installed as a two and a half point favorite. I'm going with Kempom here. I think Florida Atlantic, and I know I've picked against Kansas State now each of the last two games. They got it going, man. They could score the basketball. They're tough. I don't think they're going to be afraid of Kansas State at all. I- I'm rolling with the outs here. You know what? I think we get a wacky, off-the-beaten-path, insane Final Four team. Why not, man? This is where house I am not going square. I'm on the Owls plus two and a half, and I think the Owls win the game outright. How about that? Well, you know what? Um, you're not going square, but it's the same dynamic. Uh uh, Kansas State just went through an absolute brawl, an overtime game. The emotional highs and lows of, of that game. Now, these are kids. Their ability to recover is is uh, far exceeds the where I'm at in this point of life. But uh, they'll be so they'll be able to to put that aside and and then and then come together. But um, style wise, I don't think that they've really confronted a team along the way like Florida Atlantic. I'm going to do a little more research. I don't want to. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not ready to make a hard commitment the way I am with, with UConn. Um, but I like the way you're leaning for the same, because of the same logic applies to the situation that Kansas state state finds itself in. Yeah. I I do think Florida Atlanta has a lot more quickness and athletic to be able to, you know, stick with, you know, guys like Norwell, um, and Keontae Johnson. So, um, I do think it's a, like, it's a better matchup. It's a worse matchup for, you know, Kansas state. Um, but I don't, I don't personally have anything on this. I'm with house on this one. All right, so no endorsement from Raheem, but you know what? I feel good about these for Saturday. We got to recover after our one and two. It's been a good tournament for us. Don't like that one and two on Thursday night. Hopefully a big Friday and Saturday coming up. All right, um, some NBA thoughts before we say goodbye. They're coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus. View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, guys, a couple of things here. Number one, House, how about the end of that Dallas game the other night? We have not had an opportunity to talk about it. Uh, I, I think Cubans are already filing petitions and investigations. And, uh, you know, he's going to try to call the FBI into it. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes that phone call over the next few days. But uh, uh, not not a great look if you had the Mavericks. Just I saying. just don't understand it. It's so weird. Why did they just keep playing? Why didn't Dallas, like, say, oh, stop. We need to go. Somebody needed to intervene at that moment while there was still an opportunity to change direction, to change course. Like the, the, the referees have the discretion and the judgment and the league, you know, I just went on my rant about the NCAA and then, and not being able to get review, right. At least with the NBA, 
They have a direct line to the to the you know to the kingpins in Secaucus, and they can work this stuff out. Like they have the the replay. Sit down, work it out, talk it through, and get it right. Dallas should have stopped the, the right then and there. Like it was clear as they came out the way that Golden State scored that there was a a, a a you know a disruption in the force. I don't understand why they didn't resolve it right there in the moment. You know, like. I agree with you. I mean, like, it's just that's something that you just have to handle in that moment. Um, you can't wait until after you lose the game to just call a protest. And at the end of the day, you know, they had a fourth quarter lead at one point. So that's right. I don't, that's I, don't right. I don't want to hear any more excuses. But the one thing that needs to be talked about when it comes to NBA officiating is that since the LeBron game in Boston, that's 22 games ago, the Lakers have outshot their opponents and 597 to 392. They have almost a two-point, a 200 free-throw disparity. I mean, right now, if you watch Austin Reeves, he's like James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, you know, Chris Paul. Every foul grifter that you've ever seen put together in one person because the Lakers are going to the line at will. It's almost like the ghost of David Stern has come back and is just trying to help the Lakers get into the postseason. Trying to will them in a postseason play any which way. Um, speaking of a team that knows a thing or two about the playoffs, I was dialed in the other night, guys. The Knicks are playing the Heat, and the Heat are in, in, infuriating, insufferable. I don't even know how to describe it because they, they, they're like the cat with nine lives. They're like a bunch of cockroaches. You can't get rid of them. And I got to give Spolster and that team all the credit in the world. I have not seen a team attack Jalen Brunson on defense the way Miami was able to do it. It felt like set after set after set. They were just going after Brunson. You look at Miami now, guys. They're 7-3 in their last 10. They've won their last two games. They got a monstrous game coming up with the Knicks on Wednesday where they're starting to push the Knicks a little bit for that five seed. House, the Heat are going to end up as one of the top six teams. I I, I don't know how it's going to shake out 5-6. Miami is going to finish with a better record than Brooklyn when it's all said and done. They just are. Well, they they play each other Saturday night, and we've been touting this on this show for several weeks coming in here now. You cannot sleep on the playoff zombie Miami Heat because they've been lurking, they've been lurking, and we've expressed on, on previous shows our skepticism around Brooklyn. Like, good on Brooklyn, after the trade, it's a schizophrenic team, but, you know, good good for them to, to remain uh, competitive enough. Um, I think we're now at the, at the juncture. The Heat jump over. I think the Heat stay in the sixth spot because I don't I, – looking at the schedules of both Cleveland and the Knicks, I like both of those teams to kind of hold position. But what I'm really interested in is the Philly-Boston dogfight. Because I don't Whoa. think either one of those teams, like uh, Philly right now is a half game behind Boston uh, in, in, in the standings and the seedings. And I, I think both of those teams, looking at the way, the difference between playing Miami in the first round and playing any one of the garbage play-ins, because the Eastern Conference play-in teams are absolute trash. I mean, it's, if it's going to be Brooklyn and Toronto, if you're, if you're Boston or Philly, can you can you imagine playing one of those two teams versus uh, going up against Miami? I think they're all on it. I think the organizations are paying close attention. I mean, 
Joel set out the second half on Wednesday. He's questionable for tonight um, at Golden State. I expect to see Joel and B tonight because they're they're they they don't I don't think that they want to seed uh seed C E D E any more positioning in the seeding S E E D I N G. There's too much at stake. Yeah, there, there really is a lot at stake. I mean, when you look at the this Miami Heat team, it's just feisty. They're ugly. They muck, they muck up the game. But, you know, Jimmy Butler, since the All-Star break, 26 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. He's at you know almost 60% shooting. I mean, this is a guy who can be the best player in a, a playoff series. And we've seen that time and time again. Um, last year, I mean, the, the they did eliminate the Sixers from the postseason. But I'm not going to lie to you. I think the Sixers, they have to prioritize health. Um, that comes first. I, I do think they're capable of beating Miami and exercising those demons. I know Joel and B, he had that calf injury the other day, but I mean, the Sixers have a ton of injury concerns right now. I mean, James Harden, we don't know if he's going to play tonight because he had that Achilles injury. So I think the Sixers, their, their priorities is to prioritize health. Um, and I think they're going to let the chips fall where they fall. And I think they are just going to have to exercise some demons against, you know, the heat and the Celtics in the postseason. Well, Game of the night in the NBA, Raheem, right in your backyard. Not exactly, because it is in Golden State. But it is the Philadelphia 76ers going into Golden State. You know the narrative. Warriors, money at home. I know the Warriors have won a couple of games on the road. But listen, we know what their road record is. It's an absolute disgrace. Big number. A lot of uncertainty with the Sixers from an injury standpoint. Uh, are you playing this one at all? Or is this a stay away for you? My model actually makes the Sixers favorite in this game. Um, of course, really? we all know. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I just have the Sixers power rate is so much higher than I do the Warriors. But we all know, you know, you almost have to have separate power ratings for the Warriors at home where they're 29-7 versus on the road. Um, and there's no, it, it's not, it does my model doesn't differentiate between the two. Um, it does give a, a home home court advantage, but you know, it's just my model just thinks Philadelphia is the better team. But unfortunately, you know, it's just like the Sixers coming to this game banged up. We don't know who's playing. I just think the Sixers have so many advantages here. Um, I'm gonna stay away, but I'm leaning towards the Sixers, honestly. I just I think this is the situation to where Golden State is not really great in transition. The the Sixers, they have the better half court offense, and we know that Warriors team they they can't really stop anybody i mean the sixers are fourth and half court offense the, the golden state is 22nd and half court defense i think you know if we were healthy we would probably win this game going away but unfortunately we just don't know who's playing right now yeah that that's the risk jj i mean you you the the the, the morning research suggests that joel's going to play and that harden is probably going to be out but you know the 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 competing demands on what philly has in front of it like Joel had a quiet game, perfectly fine Wednesday night, but this is a dude in the lead for the MVP. And I think every opportunity that he gets to come in and cook on national television, it's an NBA TV game because, you know, they defer to the March Madness for whatever reason. I don't know why they would, but <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, for, for the Sixers, um, Joel can eat if that's what they want to do. The Warriors have nobody. I mean, Kavon Looney could be out in the first half. Joel could foul Kavon Looney's ass out in, in, in the first 12 minutes of the game if that's the way that Philly decides to, to play this. But it's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, the three possessions for Golden State, five and a half is the line. I don't, I don't, I don't love it, but I also want to make sure 
I forgot to to include the Atlanta Hawks in my um, garbage dump of teams in the in the seven. It's, uh, it's garbage the Hawks. dump. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I got to put them all in the garbage dump. The Hawks, Toronto. I'll, I I can't forgive Toronto. At some point on this show, I need an opportunity to do a whole dishonorable mention. Not today, a dishonorable mention on the Toronto Raptors because that that you team know what? is a gross disappointment. You know what? It's actually hitting me. Um, if Joel Embiid plays. I think we got to go Steph Curry um, over on the points. I think his point total is 27 and a half. And the reason I say that is because, I mean, there's a chance that, you know, they could play drop coverage against Steph Curry, which is not, I mean, it's not a recipe. Not a recipe for success. Um, And I, I think, you know, Steph Curry has struggled in like when he's played at Philadelphia. But I mean, outside of like, you know, we've seen some monster games from Steph Curry. Um, against Philadelphia. I mean, I think he had 40, he had 49 last year against Philadelphia um, in one game. He had 28, 41. I mean, you look at his last five or so games, seven or so games, he's put up some big numbers. So I would go Steph Curry over 20, 27 and a half points. I think, you know, I mean, the way he's been playing right now, he's been showing that, you know, like he's the guy right now. So I'll go 27 and a half points. And I also think this is probably an over. Um, Obviously, you, you still want to look and see if James Harden is playing. I think the Sixers are on a back-to-back. Um, they play the Suns tomorrow. So I think you'll see Harden for one of these games and MB for one of these games, and I think they'll rest the other one. So um, I'm looking over 234 and Steph Curry over 27.5 points. Interesting. Get involved in the prop market, Raheem. I like it. All right, let's give some plays. You got anything Friday night in the NBA house? I like two situations. The Washington Wizards are favored by eight over the San Antonio Spurs. The Wizards have put on the, the Cancun sign. It says, welcome to Cancun when you walk into uh, the, the Capital One Arena in downtown Washington, D.C., because these boys are ready to go. No Beal tonight, no coups tonight. <laughs> Four possessions? The Spurs at least want to play hard. I'm playing the Spurs on the money line, and I'm playing the Spurs catching the eight. I know where they're at in terms of, of their draft position, but Washington is now getting closer and closer to improving. Every game they lose is incrementally a little bit better positioning in terms of, of the percentages to jump into some top six uh, potential selections in this, in this upcoming draft. The other uh, situation I'll just point out, Oklahoma City is in a bad spot going up against the Lakers. This is their third straight game in Los Angeles. They got um, swamped in the fourth quarter last night. They were competitive with the Clippers through three quarters, and then the Clippers swamped them in the fourth. Oklahoma City, the Lakers understand exactly what's in front of them and what's important. They're favored by five and a half. I don't really like going against Oklahoma City because they have been very resilient this season. I really admire. I mean, I really hate going against SGA is what it boils down to. But Dream just shared the most important stat, which is... There is feels like there's forces at work, JJ, that want to see <laughs> these Lakers into April and May, buddy. So I like the I like the Lakers in this position. Um, what I'm looking at, guys, Chicago Bulls, and I know they're laying points on the road, but they're in that plan as we speak. They're two and a half point favorites against Portland. Portland's been awful, three and seven in the last ten. Line is moving with the Chicago Bulls. I, I like the Bulls tonight. They, I feel like they're a team that has kind of like put it to, they want to be in the playing, Raheem. Like there's something to that. They have been inspired by the idea that they're trying to work their way into the playoffs. 
That's the only thing I like in the NBA tonight. I have way too much liability with the college, as we know. Houston, Creighton to get to the Final Four. Going to get in on Xavier. But I like the Chicago Bulls laying two and a half for him. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, the only concern I have is that DeRozan is questionable for this matchup. So if he doesn't play, that number could come down. Um, so I think you might want to wait on that a little bit. But I mean, the the market is 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 on the Bulls. I think this line opened at two. Um, I'm not mad at that at all. Boys, let's have a fantastic final weekend in March. It is hard to believe it is the final real weekend in March next weekend. I will be doing this podcast from Las Vegas, so uh, we'll see what kind of shape I'm in. Yeah, assuming you make it. You better make it. Oh, no, 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 House. I will be there. (laughs) My podcast professional, buddy. That's it. I am a professional. I will be ready to go. And then afterwards, House, you will like this. Reflection Bay awaits in Las Vegas. Nice track. So got to take care of business, my man. I love it. Take care of business. For Raheem Palmer, Joe House, John Jastrzemski, always taking care of business. The East Coast Bias Boys are out. Good job, Oregon Warrior. Enjoy your weekend, everybody.